What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday to you all. Thanks for joining the show today, July 16th, 2021. My name's Calvin Bush. This is the sports podcast with no name yet. Hope you've all had a fantastic work week and are excited for this upcoming weekend. I know that I'm excited specifically for tomorrow, and I'm sure plenty of other people out there are excited for tomorrow as well because there is a big game tomorrow night just a few miles to the west in Phoenix, Arizona. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns playing in a pivotal game five of the NBA Finals. That series tied at two games apiece after the Milwaukee Bucks successfully defended home court. And just like that, we've got a series once again, and that is what I wanted to address real quick today uh, before we get to tomorrow's big showdown. Uh, the Bucks were able to comfortably win game three by 20 points. Another dominant performance from Giannis in that game. And then just a couple of days ago on Wednesday night, that game had the sort of vibe and tone where the Bucks were not going to be able to overcome the just the uh, tenacity and the the gameplay of the Suns and that it was another one of those games where Milwaukee was just uh, in the rearview mirror for most of the game. And then they just, uh, the, the Suns just seemed to have an answer, um, you know, going into halftime tied. And then uh, the second half was a little bit dicey in that the Suns got out to as many as nine points at one point. And then, um, you know, it's just, uh, it was just another one of those games where the Bucks had to really, really uh, bite down on the mouth guard and start swinging, and that they did. Um, I was at work again, unfortunately, for Wednesday night's game, but thanks to the ABC app, I was able to watch a good chunk of the game as well, and um, thankfully, as the night wore on, um, of course, the third and fourth quarters were the most exciting and the most important points of the game to watch, and I was able to catch most of it. And um, those two quarters were quarters that, for the Bucks at least, um, resembled that of a a championship-winning team, knock on wood, of course. But for the Bucks to come back... Uh, in that game that saw Drew Holiday shoot, I think, 4 of 20 from the field. And Giannis didn't carry the team the way that he did the first uh, three games of this NBA Finals. Um, it was a game where Chris Middleton, again, like we've seen him do a few times here and there this postseason, had to step up and take the reins. And perform and he did he uh put 40 points up on the board for the bucks and um devin booker why he devin booker had like nine fouls on wednesday night and 
that that that's a obviously a big point. I mean, Twitter was just exploding when it came to talking about the officiating of Wednesday night's game because it it was bad. Um, it was it was really bad. Um, certainly, both sides were getting calls that helped or hurt them, um, but the ones in the end, of course, there's going to be some bias coming from a Bucks fan, but the one with Booker. And then basically hugging Drew Holiday when he went up for a layup, which would have been a sixth foul. Even the announcing crew said Booker fouled, and they didn't call it a foul. As it was happening as well, Drew was going up for the layup, and uh, you know they said uh, you know Booker with the foul, and they didn't call it. And there was just a, a sense of shock from the uh, from the broadcast that the the, uh, the the referees didn't make the call on Booker, which would have sent him to the bench. And for the most part, just based on how Chris Paul was playing in that game, probably would have put the game away without any more uncomfortability uh, for the Bucks because Booker pretty much was the sole um, performer for the Suns for the most part in that game. Um, Chris Paul was just um, not Chris Paul in that game. The turnovers, the, the lack of ability to make his shots – um, he just seemed off of his game on Wednesday night, and the Bucks took full full advantage of it. They uh, uh, applied a good amount of pressure on Devin Booker because they knew that he was going to be their go-to guy. And Booker still put up a great performance. Uh, he went over 40 points as well. So, um, you know, that was really the only chance that the Suns had to make that a game and get close to winning, which, of course, they did. But the Bucks were, uh, again, they were able to grind it out in the end. and. Um, I think the play that people are going to be talking about for a very, very, very long time, uh, it needs no introduction, but the block by Giannis Antetokounmpo on Aiton at the rim after a recovery that I don't think anybody saw coming. Aiton was able to get up off the floor first. Giannis was late turning around, and somehow, by the grace of God, Giannis made one of the greatest plays in NBA Finals history and was able to block the alley-oop from Booker to Aiton and the Bucks were able to go back the other way and get a bucket. Instead of being tied, they went up four. And that that after that block, uh, the momentum shift felt like too insurmountable for the Suns, especially after the block, going back the other way, getting two more points, going up four late in the stages of the fourth. Um, that just had so many significant writings all over that play um, as far as, you know, the turning, um, turning of the tide of the series, um, how the turntables, as Michael Scott would say, um, that was a remarkable play. And I know plenty of people uh, were calling it the greatest block in NBA finals history. Um, but of course, LeBron James block, on uh, Andre Iguodala against the Warriors in the finals a few years ago is going to be up there as well, um, especially considering how that entire series went um, for the Cavs to come back in that series and win it uh, in Golden State. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that given Giannis's circumstances being recently uh, having that knee recently injured, um, the hyperextension, which was just awfully gruesome. I've talked about, I think, the first two episodes here as well, and we're going to talk about it again in the third because it's just not 
normal for somebody to suffer a knee injury like the one Giannis did and then come back and put up performances the way that he's been uh, – performances like he's put up so far in the finals. Um, for him to be able to do that, to go through that, and then to come back, um, put up 40-point games three consecutive nights, and then though he didn't put up an offensive – uh, masterpiece in game four, his defensive efforts were just as crucial in helping the Bucks get that win and tie the series at two apiece. I mean, there was the the steal on the inbound pass late, um, went to, uh, went back the other way, had a slam, and then obviously the block. I mean, that was those were two big plays, and you know that just shows that if Giannis isn't doing it on the uh, offensive side of the ball, I mean, defensive player of the year, reigning defensive player of the year this year in the NBA. So of course he's going to be. Um, a big factor in either ends of the court, and he certainly was. But um, we we reached the hopefully not the end cycle of of Chris Middleton, where you know he underperforms, he gets this um, criticism online, he starts to play a little bit better, and then he plays like prime MJ, and then unfortunately he recedes back to his. Um, subpar performances, which I, I hope to God does not happen. Um, you know, being on home court, I'm sure helped a little bit. They got him going right away early. Um, and uh, unfortunately, again, I talked about in the last episode too, it's seldom that we see Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton have dominant performances together in the same night. And unfortunately, Wednesday night was another one of those. But uh, Middleton carried the weight. Giannis helped defensively. Uh, Pat Connaughton had a, a clutch three at the end there as well. Um, props to him for for his performance too. So, um, you know, we've been getting some little sprinkles of of, uh, of help everywhere um, from a lot of different guys. And, you know, hopefully Chris uh, on the flight to, to Phoenix um, is able to still put up the performance that he did on uh, in game four and, uh, hopefully Drew can help uh, help out a little bit as well. I know that um, you know he's a much needed piece as well on the floor, and that um, he's constantly uh, on on Devin Booker. He's not going to go away. He does not get him let him get comfortable all up in his face. Does not let him try and uh, you know get uh, get a shot beyond the arc, get any separation of any sort. The only way that the Suns are able to get that is if again. Um, what every team seemingly did against the Bucks, and what every team ever is doing now is getting that high screen, um, roll right, roll left, whatever it happens to be, get open. And then a lot of times, too, um, the defender tries to roll through that uh, screen and um, gets a foul called. So um, certainly don't want to talk a lot about the officiating from game four because it was bad. Um, Jay Crowder put up uh, an Oscar-worthy performance on his part. I've never seen a, a player flop more than Jay Crowder did on, on Wednesday. That was just, oh, God, that was just rough. Um, there isn't much else to say about that. And he's a good player. I mean, he's a great three-point shooter. He's a good uh, presence in the lane for the most part. I don't know why he feels the need to do that. I mean, I know why he needs to do that, but you get what I'm saying in that it's just, Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, and plenty of other guys do it too. I mean, that's part. That's what. That's what the game is today. It's about trying to get calls in your favor, and if you have to look like a, a fish out of water to do it, so be it, I guess. And because you know that most of the time it's going to get called. So, for Jay Crowder, that's part of his game, and I really hope that the officiating 
crew in game five, if they're going to be calling fouls the same way they did in game four, then it's going to be just, oh, man, it's going to be a uh, a tough game to watch given the fact that it's already now a best of three series and whoever wins game five obviously has the upper hand. Um, so there's already going to be that stress factor going into, into Saturday night. And then if you play into the fact that the officiating seemingly calls fouls on every possession for either team, it's going to be, it's going to be stressful. So, um, game five, Saturday night. Um, I, I was curious to see what the odds were going to be, especially given the fact that the Bucks, a lot of people, you know, of course, Suns and four, whatever, um, you know, everyone thought that it was going to be an easy sweep or at least in five for Phoenix. And it's funny to see now it's, you know, Phoenix fans online of saying Suns and four. Well, okay, well, now it's Suns and five. All right, well, now it's Suns and six. Um, you know, the number just keeps getting pushed back. And the Bucks, I, I, I feel like have been gaining a little bit more popularity and a little bit more respect. Um, especially after Wednesday night, um, game three. Certainly plenty of people could have looked at it as a fluke, especially considering Booker had a really bad game, awful game. Um, and then you look at that game and then you say, all right, well, Phoenix will come back with some adjustments, play a little bit better. Devin Booker will clearly not play the way that he did on, on Sunday night again, which he didn't. Had a great game on Wednesday. Um, so call Sunday a fluke, whatever. Phoenix will come back, have a better game, uh, which they did for the most part. Obviously a much... Uh, Closer game, but for the Bucks to be down uh, the way that they were, um, you know, down nine in the second half in an NBA Finals game, you're on co- home court. That helps, but that's a very tough place to pull yourself out of uh, in a game like that. And then when Booker gets going the way that he did, it's even more difficult to try and suppress him already down in the hole. Um, you know, you don't know if Middleton is going to continue to, to, to clutch up the way he did. You hope Giannis is going to keep playing well defensively. Drew Holiday just couldn't get it going. Um, Pat Connaughton was, was, was playing pretty well for the most part. So there was always uh, him to, to go to. But as that game wore on, when it got to the later stages, there was some concern, obviously, that the Bucs were not going to be able to overcome the deficit. And somehow they did some great defensive stops, um, some some clutch baskets. Um, you know, that was a very gutsy and impressive win from Milwaukee. And again, I don't want to predict anything. I don't want to put anything out into the airwaves about this series or anything, but a team that gets a win like that, given it's on home court, but that doesn't really matter much anymore. To, to come back from a game like that, where the Suns seemingly had things going in their favor up till the end, was um, a significant win, and it speaks volumes about the team that the Bucks have on the on the floor right now, and that you know, I'm sure there there there, there are plenty of other teams out there that um, probably would have waved the white flag and um, you know maybe given up. Again, this is the finals, though, so that's maybe a bit of a reach. But for the Bucks to do that, um, 
you know, that is a huge, huge, significant statement to make for them in this series and to tie it at two games apiece. Now, plenty of people talking about um, Stephen A said, no way the Bucks lose game six. They'll come back. They'll win it. Um, home teams have won both their games so far, of course. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Saturday night goes, how uh, Chris Paul responds to his lackluster performance in game four. I certainly don't think that he's going to have a, the same game. People were talking about the fatigue for him since he's never really gotten this deep into the postseason with any other teams that he's played with. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think that a, a player of his caliber would really necessarily get tired, so to speak. LeBron James has talked about the scheduling of, of the NBA this season and that it doesn't give players enough time for breaks to recover. Um, there were a, a high number of injuries in the NBA this year, and he accredited it to that, to the scheduling. You know, Kawhi Leonard just had his uh, surgery for the partially torn ACL. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis both battled injuries all season long. Um, Kyrie Irving, that's that's just one of those things where it's a freak accident, unfortunate to see, and it happens. Um, so can't really say that. But Giannis with the, the hyperextension, another one of those freak accidents. But the point, uh, the principle remains, I mean, relevant, I think. Um, but, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how Chris Paul plays on Saturday. Um He's a great player. He's just got to dig deep and find it. And if he can feed off a Booker, they can get going together. Then um, the Suns will be in a great spot and vice versa for the Bucks. I mean, Giannis is always going to have a hand in the game, whether it's getting buckets or getting blocks. Um, but uh, I think Drew Middleton, Drew Middleton, <laughs> Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to both have to step up. Chris, we hope to see him continue to play at that high level, it's just not been there this postseason. I mean, he follows up a great performance with an underwhelming one. You know, we want to see another, maybe not necessarily 40 points, but we want to see him excel. And in a game like this, where it is almost again a must win, I mean, um, it, it's it, this is to, to come back to Milwaukee up 3 2 would be. Uh, in the driver's seat back on home court where the Bucs have only lost one game. This postseason, uh, that was obviously game one against the Hawks where, where Trey Young put up the performance of his life, arguably. It would be huge. So to Chris Middleton, I mean, um, this is his time to prove that he is that guy and that he can, you know, be the guy that we need, not just in the regular season to help us get to the playoffs, but in the playoffs, that he is Giannis's right-hand man and that he – is here to stay in Milwaukee and that he is, you know, a top guy, a top talent in this league. He's got the potential. It's just a matter of showing it consistently now. So um, game five is going to be crucial, pivotal, and um, big for a lot of players uh, on Saturday night. So um, another late tip off. I believe that's eight o'clock on Saturday. Um, but uh Brewers are back in action today as well. I wanted to talk mostly about the Bucs, but just mentioned, obviously, Brewers coming back from the All-Star break, a four-game lead in the NL Central right now. Um, they closed out the uh, the first half of the regular season against the Reds, uh, and they opened the second half against the Reds as well, who is their um, – their, uh, what am I trying to say? Their, 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 their enemy, their foe right now. I can't think of the word, but they're right now. That's uh, that's who is right behind them in the central. The Cubs have obviously with that losing streak have tapered off a little bit. So right now it's the Cincinnati Reds, 
who are in the rearview mirror closest for the Brewers. Um, a rough closeout to the first half against the Reds. Um, we were at Sunday's game uh, before the uh, four, uh, third game of the finals, celebrating my mom and dad's birthday. Happy birthday to both of them. Obviously a little bit late, but we had some great seats. Restaurants be named later, overlooking left field. Um, got to heckle Jesse Winker a little bit, who he's about that life, man. He is a trash talker. Um, he's, a, he's a fun guy. Um, plenty of other people in the stands were, were giving it to him all game long. Um, that was a fun game. Great seats, great food. Um, anybody that hasn't sat there just to sit there uh, before a game, get some food um, or sit there for a game, it's definitely worth it. The views are fantastic. Food is great. And uh, you never know who's going to be in left field that you can uh, heckle on who you might have a little bit of fun with. So that's an added bonus for sure. Um, All-star game, Corbin Burns got lit up by Vlad Guerrero Jr., who hit, I think it was 468, a bomb to left. Um, fastball, Freddie. Freddie Peralta had a great outing. Three up, three down inning for him. Um, but uh, Omar Narvaez got some time behind the plate as well. Up uh, Had two at-bats, didn't do much. Um, got a base hit, actually, through the middle. But uh, either way, um, excited to see what the second half holds from Milwaukee. Um, the All-Star break has notorious, notoriously been troublesome for the Brewers in that they come back. And the the uh, the competitiveness just isn't the same level that it was in the first half. So would love to see them come back with some tenacity and um, hopefully the pitching uh, stays at a, at a at an efficient level as well. Um, hopefully Yelich can figure things out. Um, yet to see Keston here back in the starting lineup. He had a pinch hit appearance on Sunday, uh, last game before break, um, struck out in that. Um, so hopefully he doesn't get sent back down. Hopefully he can come back and redeem himself. Um, and hopefully the Brewers can widen that gap a little bit and get a comfortable lead in the Central. So um, but, uh, Bucks is obviously the main highlight here with the finals going on. This is the first time it's happened in 50 years. So definitely right now with the podcast, with the vlog, with these episodes, the main focus right now is the Milwaukee Bucks. But once that wraps up, um, NHL offseason is here. We um, some some big things have happened with the Minnesota Wild. I won't get into that right now because I know if I do, I'll talk about it for another hour. Um, big things happen in that, and the rest of the hockey world, a lot of things happening. Um, and then, of course, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, second half underway. This is where things start to get exciting. So um, we'll see if they make any moves um, and how the performance goes as the weeks go on and as we approach the postseason. And then the Olympics too, of course, that's coming up. Uh, baseball going on um, and um, always things happen in the world of sports, always things to talk about. So, um, but right now all eyes are on the Milwaukee Bucks playing tomorrow night against the Phoenix Suns game. Five series is tied at two games apiece. Bucks looking to steal one on the road and come back to Milwaukee for a chance to win the NBA Finals for the first time in 50 years, which would be monumental. That goes without saying. That's crazy to even think about, but to utter those words is, whew, it's exciting. That'll wrap it up for today. Thank you all for tuning in, listening, watching, and whatever you may be doing. Thank you so much for the support and for following me along. Episode number three here, I'll post it up and around on all my social platforms looking to get this uh, out on LinkedIn as well. I haven't posted it yet. Would like to get a name 
in place, which I think I have one in mind. Um, we'll see when I decide to, uh, to put that up officially. But for the time being, I'm Calvin Bush. This is the sports podcast with no name yet. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. Hope that you're repping the Bucks, wearing the green, wearing the black, wearing the blue, whatever Bucks apparel you got. Wear it loud and proud on Saturday. Go Bucks. We'll address that game sometime next week. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.